Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Holy. Hey. hey guys, welcome to a new episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, what we normally do around here is uh, we talk about shows that we watched on uh, some platform, some streaming platform like Netflix or whatever, and uh, we give our thoughts and impressions on them. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Uh, well, you know, I'm doing good, um, but you're going to have to switch that up because now with you as always is not only me but we also have dame betty badger i I had a plan for that but no oh well i fuck up plans man this is what i do josh i was just hoping you would say like i'm doing really good and then i was gonna say like and and uh now as a permanent co-host betty but i would have fucked it up anyway right there clearly so there's you know there's that see this Uh, is why i fuck up plans well, Betty, how are you doing today? Um, actually, I feel pretty good. How are you guys? Um, I'm, I'm awake. Uh, we were kind of discussing it before, but uh, I've been uh, laxing on my uh, adjusting my blood pressure to not, you know, kill me one day. So I've been having like a little bit of like, oh, that's that's back. Gonna have to fix that. But, uh, well, you know, I mean, I think we're all a little tired because last night we did have an extreme amount of excitement. Yes, there was yeah. a lot of anxiety yesterday. <laughs> I'm I'm lucky I had no anxiety. I was just like, fuck it, let's do it. This is cool. Before we, get into, before we get into the discussion about what we did last night, I kind of want to explain that because I've always had stage fright since I was a kid. Um, but it never stopped me from like going on stage with my brother in fifth grade and, and like puppeteering animals while he did a thing because he's never experienced stage fright. Um, but stage fright again, and I have to make this as clear as possible. hasn't stopped me from doing certain th- So like, uh, uh, back when I used to do the streaming stuff for half empty, we'd yeah. go to, um, you Mac know, we'd Fest. Be at and, and, uh, I'd have to be on the main stage. Uh, playing some Mega Man game or something like that—that's terrifying. That gave me that anxiety. But I will never forget the sandwich run. That was epic. I was oh my god, that was so funny. So Betty, in case you're curious, what the and, and our listeners, in case the sandwich run is um, in Mega Man Four for the NES, um, the boss Skull Man. If you don't do anything when you enter his room, you will um, stand there. Don't touch the controller. Just put it down. You'll just stand there. The The boss will not fight you. He will not attack you. He just, nothing happens. So yeah, he, just, if, he just stands there looking at you longingly like, can we please fight, sir? <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like that sometimes in Skyrim. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there are bosses that do that. I, what's funny is well, that, that there was a friend that watching it who was just like, uh, I had a sandwich with me. I was like, I, I think I got like a sub or something like that. And he was just like, finish the whole sandwich before you fight him. So it just became the sandwich run. Huh. So 
we literally so, at live uh michelle who was pre-transition at the time uh she uh she had a bag of 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 bread and we bought a bunch of lunch meat and cheese and we just made sandwiches for everybody that was there <laughs> And just oh, pass sandwiches awesome. out, and everybody ate sandwiches while the boss is just standing there patiently waiting. Like, let's throw down, sir. Let's go. It was. And it was. Everybody's pretty enjoying a sandwich. It was amusing. Uh, but um, but yeah, like being on stage for that. Like we have a live audience there, and there's like a thousand some odd people in the chat watching. Like that shit's terrifying for me. Um, but I still do it. Because I know that I'll have the memory of doing it, and that'll be more than the experience, than the feeling I had at the moment. Um, but what we're talking about is we. Uh, well, we well before before we get into that, Betty, have you ever do you have issues with uh, anxiety, stage fright, things like that, as well? Um, I do to an extent. Simply, it does run in my family. Um, this is the reason why I quit doing art gallery shows is because it was a lot as uh, when you get out of this area and you go to bigger towns and there's hundreds of thousands of people there and you're just like, I can't do this because everybody wants to know, Oh, what did you mean when you, you painted this picture? And it's like, it's a picture. You make the decision on how it makes you feel. You know, you don't need my backstory. This isn't an illustration for a book. It's just, it's just a picture. Let me know how you feel. You know, I mean, I do art because I want people to appreciate it. But galleries, it's just too much pressure. And I do have anxiety and I try to stifle it a lot of times. I'm also autistic, so that can cause some problems. So, yeah, I do take medication for it and... I'm pretty cool for the most part. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I, I experienced stage fright once. I was really nervous because I had to speak in front of, you know, several hundred people. And after I did it, I've never really experienced it again. Um, so the, to, to find that Greg's actually, done it uh had, had stage fright and continues to have stage fright but still works through it and does what he does and that you had issues and you know you still you've come on here knowing that we have numerous listeners uh and last night we went on well we did what we did y'all y'all killed it you know i wouldn't have known either one of you that there was any nervousness ahead of time I, i've <laughs> I, I've, I've learned to work past it. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, one of I, this will be really funny in seventh or no, I was in eighth grade, my brother was in seventh grade. Um, I was really, really, really into Space Jam, like, hardcore into Space Jam. And such a uh, terrible movie, you're the worst. Um, I really am. And uh, on the soundtrack for like, if you bought the soundtrack, there was a full on rap song by Bugs Bunny. <sighs> Uh, it's called Buggin'. Uh, you can go listen to it if you want. It's not good, um, but I listened to it religiously when I was in eighth grade. And I knew it so well that I could lip sync the entire song. So 
I wish there was footage of this, but what it is is I'm on I'm in the middle of the stage, just standing there, doing nothing but standing there, lip syncing buggin', while my brother is behind me doing all sorts of dances and acrobatics to like entertain the crowd, I guess. It is the weirdest thing that like I remember doing. Because like, and I had we had friends that were just like Josh was hilarious. Like, what was Greg even doing there? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but that you know that was also that was you know one of my stage fright moments. Uh, the other one that I always like, I always remember being in theater class in high school, and uh, Mrs. Townsend she she sat me down and she said, "You're never going to get over your stage fright. I want you to understand that right now. You're never getting over stage fright. The best that you can do is." Um, the best that you can do is try to visualize it differently for yourself. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she goes, visualize what it'll be like when you are done with said thing. I went, what do you mean? She goes, when we're about to do something where you have an audience in front of you, like let's say you, you and your buddy are going to do your final where you're in front of the audience and you have to perform something. I was like, man, she goes, I want you to imagine what after it'll be like. I was like, okay, I, I, I kind of understand that. She goes, it'll, it'll calm your nerves a little bit, but it'll get your mind off of going on stage. Okay. So... I would do that. And it kind of worked. Uh, and throughout time, that's kind of how I think about it. I'm like, what it'll be like after. And after's always the best part. Doing it's not the best part. After's the best part. Because then you get all the people coming up and saying, good job, good job. That was, that was amazing. You did great. And you go back and you think like, oh, that was really cool. I had a lot of fun with that. Versus I'm going to fuck up. Things are going to go wrong. How is this going to play out? And your brain is just being your worst enemy. But after, your brain can't be your worst enemy because it already happened. Now, the thing we did last night, my brain was having a little fun game, but we'll get to that later. Uh, you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that was the trick that, that she helped me kind of grasp was don't think of the now in regards to performing. And I was like, okay. And so that's 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 how I handled that. I remember going on stage with my buddy doing um, uh, for our final. We did like about half, not the full thing, about half of uh, of um, who's on first. Uh. Uh, and I say half because the full thing is extremely long, a lot longer. Yeah, than but it's still funny. Yeah, yeah. Who who is oh, on first? Uh, that that bit is probably one of the best comedy bits of all time. Like straight up, it just is. Uh, it, it was a great bit. I always loved Abbott and Costello. That was a great bit. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember being on stage with him. It was my buddy Nate, Josh, by the way, uh, Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't directed at you, Betty, because I don't think you know who the fuck I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, him and I were on stage and we were doing the whole bit. We had practiced at his house countless fucking times. I don't even know how many. And he flubbed up a line, like he jumped ahead, like four or five lines and I had to bring him back to where we were. So I just kept repeating my line and he finally got it. I mean, Miss Townsend caught it immediately, but she was like, good job, not breaking character. Good job. Not like stopping and saying, no, you're here. 
So she gave us an A for that. Cool. But uh, awesome. But yeah. Um, well, well I was I was going to say, uh, now that we've talked about stage fright or lack thereof, or what you do to work through it, what have you. What did we do last night that had had us all excited and leading us to feeling like, oh, excitement hangover, for lack of a better term? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what you'd want to call that, an interview? It, it, was, it was a guest segment slash interview. Uh, we, we appeared on TMI Daily, which is a daily live Facebook a uh, streaming show done by a group out of Los Angeles called TMI Hollywood. They're the longest running theater troupe, uh, comedy theater troupe in LA. Uh, think SNL, just not televised. And uh, the talent relations manager, uh, Veronica, not Vanessa, as we found out last night, if you were watching the show, uh, the the guy that ran the panel last night, Peter, he is the uh, founder of the group and runs everything. His wife's the talent coordinator, uh, talent agent. She reached out and said, hey, would you guys be interested in collaborating and come on? And I was like, yes. I was like, oh, wait, before I say yes, and I figured you guys would be cool with it. And this is, of course, started just before we added Betty uh, to the show. And Greg's like, Oh yeah, let's do it. Because <laughs> my, my uh, mindset is that if there's any opportunity for promotion, we take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, because I enjoy doing this show, and I have from day one. I've never not enjoyed it. I look forward to every recording day. I look forward to making the promos and getting the show ready and everything. So any extra exposure, I'm excited about. And I was just totally amped all day yesterday. And finally, oh, it's like, man, got to wait until 930 tonight. And, you know, at 930 yesterday morning, I was like 12 more hours. Yep. 1030, 11 more hours. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was just like, ah, <laughs> but man, I, I had a great time. You know, I, I went back and watched it after the fact. And I didn't talk as much as I thought I did, but I thought that we all, you know, were really solid. And I was, I was, you know, proud of you guys. Like, you know, I mean, I know you were thinking, oh, I may have talked too much. Like, this was your idea. You came to me and asked me to be a part of it. I'm always going to defer to you, you know, and I'm always going to run things through you. And now that Betty's here, I'm always going to run things through both of you because I want a consensus of everything. Even though, you know, I do a lot of the things behind the scenes and everything. And yeah, well, I didn't I get the was- opportunity to just say, I mean, the way you sung my praises last night. I loved hearing that. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Josh, you're amazing. I mean, I'm okay. Uh, well, for us, you're amazing. <laughs> I, 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 you know. Sometimes when I get into like, let's joke around and be cocky mode, I'll say, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Um, but it was just cool to be a part of uh, a collaboration like that and just how professional and polished it looked. It made me want to do 
more things for our uh for our show what what you um, guys ended up seeing last night or if you go back and for any of our audience members that want to go back and watch it that's that's a long list i don't know how to say that it, it's a lot of practice i that's that's not my first interview that's not my first conversation with randos like and i say randos because i i legit didn't know anybody uh they yeah. were strangers to me and uh um, I, I meant to go and listen to what they do in order to be more prepared, but I just never had the time or opportunity. Um, yeah. But that, that what you heard was practice. Um, I, I don't, when I do this podcast, I'm, I'm a little bit more stuttery a little bit, or I say ums and ands a little bit more because I'm more comfortable with you guys. Okay, so people who tend to say um and, you know, filler words like that, they're actually very intelligent people. They, they're going, their brain's going so fast that sometimes these words come out. It's like people who cuss a lot, they say they tend to be more highly intelligent than other people using, you know, these, what our teachers would tell us are horrible words. Um, and, uh, they're actually a very good sign of intelligence. As as much as I agree with you, because I've I've read the exact same like studies and whatnot, my experience with podcasting says that ums and ands aren't entertaining. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years. Saying, like I, I mean, I would it would be really bad, Betty, when I first started podcasting twelve years ago, where I was, and so um, it was it was kind of like um. God, um like if you if you like if you if you like you went over this thing and like that's how bad it was. So I have you know. Side note, one of my favorite sitcoms. Uh, not a huge sitcom fan, but there are some that I was a really big fan of. One was How I Met Your Mother. Uh, uh, the episode where Ted's students had turned a drinking game into Robin's newscast because every time she would say, but, um, they would take a drink and just be sloshed, hammered, pissed, drunk at, before class would even start. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm an aunt. Just, I want to no. make that clear. My, my thing is that uh, it was one of the bigger criti critiques I got and listening back to it, as, as somebody who wants to listen to the whole conversation and get the whole point, having so many pauses because of whatever reason is just saying just you're, kind you're of basically a, you're basically saying um, because you're trying to pluck the right word to say exactly what you want to say out yeah. of your brain. And you're like, pedophile. No, wait, that's not it. Um, <laughs> but, you know. No, it's, 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 just, it's just honestly, it's, it's like Betty said, like my, my brain is moving at 18 miles an hour while my mouth is moving at six. It's Yeah, it happens to me a lot. And I watched this thing on a side show the other day. They were talking about typing and why we make so many mistakes. And I kind of correlated that to people whose brains think at a very high rate and they stumble over the words sometimes or they get ahead of themselves without filling in that information they they feel they've already done. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm not one of those people I don't like to think. You know, uh, 
I try to choose my words very, very carefully because I don't want to come out sound like a dumbass. That's more or less my experience with the podcasting aspect is I, I just try to make sure that if I, if I'm trying to think of a word, I pause. I just don't say an um or an and. Uh, and where did you get your podcast advice from? What um, site? Oh, there was none. Uh, it's there literally just experience. The, just TED Ed? What's that? Just TED Ed? Or TED Talks? No. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I started podcasting about 12 years ago because I was watching a show called Totally Rad Show, where it was three guys <laughs> sitting on a panel, and they would review new comic books, movies, TV shows, or video games. Um, when they were doing that for a few years, I got really, really inspired to do that. And I had another friend of a friend who uh, they were doing a podcast where it was very similar to Totally Rad Show called The Freaking Awesome Podcast. I went and did that with them for like, I want to say four or five guest spots. And then uh, the older brother, John, because it was twins, John and Ben, John couldn't do it anymore because he had a kid. So they invited me to be a permanent cast member with Ben. I then brought on my friend Mike and we did that for quite a few years. Uh, during that, I would get a lot of feedback from people saying that they didn't like how long it took me to come up with a thought. I would then go back and listen to the episodes and say, yeah, I don't really like my ums and ands. So I would, I would actually like mentally work on it while recording a podcast. It got to the point where I was good enough to not have that ums and ands. And they gave me my own show called the overtime where I would just come up with random topics, kind of like how uninhibited works. Um, after, a, I want to say about a year of that, I dropped out of that show and, and, and the freaking awesome podcast family altogether. Um, there was a lot of reasons I'm not going to get into. Uh, then my friend Anthony contacted me and said that he wanted me to be a, a, a video game reviewer for his website, Mission Start. Um, I did that for like, I want to say about a year. And then he was like, hey, I really want you on my podcast. I think you have a great insight. You have a great speaking voice. Come do my podcast. I said, okay. And so I went and did his podcast where we would talk about video game news and I got more experience talking in a public forum or a podcast, if you will. So all of my podcasting know-how and capability is just experience, but there are hundreds of, of uh, things you can look up online. Like, like you said, the Ted talk, like I'm sure there's a ton of Ted talks on how to properly talk in a podcast. Yeah, I was thinking about looking into Brilliant and uh, Skillshare because I have uh, accounts with them. So there might be some useful information on there as long as, along with the uh, um, TED Talks. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I'm sure that there's stuff on there that I could benefit from. I, I don't think that anybody is, no matter how much experience you have, um, I don't think anybody is perfect at anything they do. Well, that's the thing. People who think that they're, you know, overly confident in their abilities tend to be the most incompetent people in those abilities. So, you know, that's fair. Hey, wise people know that they don't know everything. I'm aces at being a guy with one leg. So, hey, (laughs) (laughs) I'm aces for being blind in my left eye. Thank you. So. They do say that it it takes uh, ten thousand hours to become a master at something. So absolutely. So I would consider myself a master at art because I've been drawing since I was two. So that's yeah. 
38 years. Um, I put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours into this. So, you know, I, at I, home, I, at school, other places. Even though, been, even though I've been podcasting for 12 years, I highly doubt I've 10, 10,000 hours. Highly doubt it. No, but you're learning and you're not just sticking with one format and trying to make it work. You're branching out. That's so that's cool. You and Josh doing what you're doing and adding me in. I think, you know, having a chick on the show does add an extra perspective. And I think that um, that draws more people. I wholeheartedly agree. agree. 100% agree. In fact, we've been getting great feedback on the episodes that you've already appeared on oh. just wonderful feedback uh, direct people just messaging me directly and saying whatever made you decide to go the direction that you've gone in keep going in that direction it's fucking wonderful i was like you know we just the, it kind of happened organically you know yeah. it's just it felt right and you've been a great fit and <clears throat> I'm I'm excited, and here we are. We're all uh, blowing each other. Uh, well, so. you know, honestly, guys. <laughs> Not the terminology I'd use, but <laughs> you know, my husband told me to do something like this for years. He thinks that I would have been really good at it, and you know, I guess he's been proven true at this point. You know, and and he's very happy for me. You know, and and hopefully this takes off and it'll turn into something good. You know, even even if it doesn't grow any further and take off, it doesn't matter because we still have fun doing it. Exactly. I'd be I, doing this if I, you know, I had to pay money out. I wouldn't care. I, I enjoy talking. That's what we've been doing. <laughs> I'm giving you a PMS stare if you don't understand this right now, but you're definitely getting laser eyes at you <laughs> oh well. as long as it's not at me I, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm used to that uh, but but well, what are yeah, we talking I would, about I mean, I would, what what we did last night because we just keep skirting around it <laughs> no we we did we said it we went on the TMR yeah. daily oh, we, we explained our podcast no, I remember it Twitter no, absolutely not. I just, I, my brain forgot that you said it. Yeah, yeah. I said, you know, thanks to Peter and Veronica for, you know, Veronica reaching out and Peter, you know, hosting the panel last night. And yeah, it was that. a fun experience. They asked us, as Betty was saying, go ahead. Um, the um, Twitter account, you run that yourself? Uh, well, Greg, Greg, uh, and I both have access to it, but I'm usually the only one that ever posts anything on social media. And I'm bad about trying to stay up to date on everything. I usually just do one day a week or two days a week. I really need to get better about promoting more and marketing more. Well, um, if you want my help in that, let me know. Um, I do have a Twitter. Uh, I haven't mentioned it up until now, but it's Bright Betty. You know, it's yeah. just at Bright Betty. So okay. if you guys want to throw that in there, that's fine. Okay. I'll give you the login credentials for the Twitter and the Instagram too. Um, yeah, know, just friend me on uh, Twitter and uh, send it to me in a DM. We'll do it. We'll do it. Look at that. 
organization happening behind the scenes on the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. No, it was, it was fun last night. And, and one of the things that like is immediately, my, my folks were really excited that we were doing it. And, uh, they were like, Oh, we want to listen to, it. we want to listen to it. And I was like, yeah, it'll be live on Facebook. And here's the link and go like, go like the page. And they went and liked it. And, um, and so before we went live, I text them that it was on. Mom was okay. We're watching. So afterwards, she says, "What she says to me is like, you talked a whole lot." Like, Dad said, "Oh, Greg has all the answers." And I was like, "Did I talk that much? Did I really? I felt like but maybe you I did started talk this. This is well, your job. On, on. We hold deferred on. to you." Hold on, <laughs> there's there's more to that because um, that's what I thought. And when and when Josh and I hopped into this little party before uh, or when we were done. Uh, Josh was like, no, you're fine, dude. Don't fucking worry about it. I was like, all right. And I went downstairs and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, I was like, so what'd you guys think? And mom goes, it was good. It was good. Like, that's how she worded it. My dad was like, I'm extremely proud of you. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, you handled yourself so unbelievably professionally and made you guys look amazing that I'm proud of you. And I was like, oh, shit okay <laughs> and Dude, uh awesome. yeah he goes he goes um you did talk most of the show but you started it you had the answers to everything you knew exactly. where you wanted to go they asked a question you knew the answer that you wanted to give at the drop of a hat and that to me makes me proud to be your father i was like shit shit all right hang on i gotta go into the bathroom and cry real quick so <laughs> oh i, I thought like so you need to go rub one out real quick. Good Lord, to my uh, dad's book up, up. Uh, <laughs> what do you call that? I mean, I don't know what your kink is. I'm not here to shame it. <laughs> don't yuck someone's yum. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is high praise, though, and you know, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I don't know where Betty went to. She hit mute all of a sudden. I was going to throw it to her. But yeah, that, that's that's all I was getting. I'm at. here. That... Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, you're fine. Well, I was I was going to ask you. You know, um, Greg's reaction from his parents. Uh, Misty hasn't watched it yet because she was actually working last night when we were doing it, and then when we finished, she was so tired. But we had to watch Lovecraft Country, um, which we're going to talk about here in a few. Yes, we uh, are. But. I watched it back last night and I was like, you know, that was, you know, I felt really good about it, but I know you said that Jeff was watching. So uh -huh. what, was his, what was his feedback for you? Uh, he's, he's really liking it because he wanted to do it a Sunday night, but I don't know if HBO max on, um, oh, no, not that, not that his, what? the show last night that we were on TMI daily, what was did he watched live? What was his, oh, for oh, no. he sat here with me. He thought it was great. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he likes the round line I got for filming. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, Lovecraft country. He was excited to watch Sunday night, but I don't know if that does that on the computer. Do they do live shows on the computer? Yeah, yeah. You can watch it live as soon as it's scheduled oh. to go on HBO Max. You can watch oh, it live. Okay, he'll be happy to hear that because, I mean, he's really digging the show. 
And I well, am too, of course. So but before before we get into it, does anybody have any final thoughts about the uh, guest spot we did on TMI Daily last night? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a nice little conversation. Um, I wish we had a longer uh, time to talk about some of the topics they were talking about. Um, but, you know, I, I'm glad we got the exposure. I had, yeah. a, I had a very strong feeling that it was going to be a very short conversation because uh, they were already in the middle of like a deep conversation and had to cut it for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, I was like, oh, we're going to get 20, 30 minutes at best. Well, I think that's all we were going to get anyway was about 30 minutes is what was originally intended. And I think that's standard for most shows. Gotcha. Um, unless you're Joe Rogan, which <laughs> we're not. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was a great conversation. I'm really happy that we did it. Those guys are fantastic. I love the, con I love that the, the questions that they threw at us, like, um, you know, about the streaming services, which I wasn't expecting at all. I was not expecting that. Um, Neither so was I, but I think we handled that well. Yeah. I, uh, I, it was funny because I was sitting there thinking when he asked that, I was like, the first question about the like Roku thing, like that should be a no brainer to me. Like if you come out with a streaming service, make sure it works on everything. Yeah. I don't know why you'd limit it. Well, uh, also, too, uh, it's not always the actual service itself, uh, the who, whatever company is behind it. For instance, when HBO Go first came out, before you know, now is everything's HBO Max. It used to be HBO Go. Uh, when it first came out, it would work for certain consoles but it wouldn't work for others. And then they finally said, okay, it's now going to work on the PS4 and the Xbox One. For my area, Comcast would not provide support for HBO Go on the PS4. So even though I could download and install it, I could not get it to work because Comcast would not allow it. So it's not always the streaming service itself. Sometimes it's your internet provider. So well, that's fucked up. That's a weird, I mean, really, Comcast it, too. It really is fucked up. I agree. That's yeah, we have major problems with them. Yeah, there's a new uh, fiber optic company that's looking at coming into this area. We've seen their oh. trucks, and I called them because they said, yes, your area is serviceable. So I called them wanting to get service set up, and they said, no, we don't have any service in your area yet. I'm like, man, I could save money and have... 10 times the speed time. I've got right now. So as soon as they're coming in as a viable alternative, I'm dropping Comcast like a yeah. bag of dirt. Does well, there's a rumor that PVU is going to come out here. And once they do, I'm dropping Comcast. Does HBO Max work? Sorry, does HBO Max work on, uh, with your Comcast on your PS4? Yeah, it does now. Uh, okay. I was talking about HBO Go when it first launched like four well, years ago. It didn't. Now HBO now did, but Go never would work. Uh, okay, that's that's kind of was asking. It was like if because if HBO Max works now, but HBO Go still doesn't. That's hilarious and bad. Well, uh, there were a lot of people that said, "Look, 
we want the ability to watch this on our consoles so we can watch it on our TV or our smart TVs uh, and not just the computer or the phone. And Comcast finally had to break down and say, okay, we're going to provide support on our side. We'll allow it to work. And it's not like it took a lot of, th you know, they didn't have to establish a lot of infrastructure to do it. It was pretty much just a few little things they had to do on their end. So yeah. it's frustrating, but that is something that does come into play. And that's something I wish that I could have, you know, if we had had more time that we could have talked about a little further when it came to well, that, but we were pressed for time. And yeah, I think on that note that that's a, so a decently well, uh, 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 not a common occurrence. No, I've, no, I've it's not. It's that. Um, and I think that, I think that like if a streaming service that you have doesn't work because of your internet provider, Hey, let us know. Like, please let us know. Cause I, I've never experienced that, but um, I think a lot of what happens, like let's say DC universe, like it just, it would only work on my phone. Yeah. Like they didn't have an app for the consoles. They didn't have an app for uh, uh, Amazon fire sticks. They didn't have one for Roku. So, um, like, to me, that's a big issue. To me, that's that's limiting your audience and not allowing them to, I don't know, that's, that's so, it's just, you threw me off because that's so, that's so weird. I've never heard that before. Like, I, I, get, I know that you're not lying, so that's, you know, not what I'm getting at, but I've never heard that. That's so weird. Anyway. Uh, well, thank you so much, TMI Hollywood, and and uh, yeah, we appreciate that. it. Um, if if it ever comes up, we'd love to come back for a longer discussion. Oh yeah, because yeah. we can do this. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, you know who knows? <clears throat> that's the that's the beautiful thing about. That service that I signed us up for, Audrey, to, you know, put podcasts, smaller podcasts in touch with each other so they can network and grow. I mean, that happened within hours of signing up. So, yeah. you know, maybe yeah, it'll be guys, more beneficial in the future. Yeah, and if you guys want to listen to the to the episode that we were on, um, it's it's on there. You it's on their Facebook right now. If you go to TMI Hollywood on Facebook, uh it's there, it's there, if you go to recent uploads recent videos it's the it's the one from last night and you can check it out and last night i mean uh the tuesday's show by the time this yeah it's it's week 23 before. is the appearance that yeah. we made <clears throat> 23 the uh 20 25th of august mm -hmm. to be very specific but uh but yeah it was fun well why don't we get into the why don't we get into the new episode of uh, love cash country all right uh, episode two premiered Sunday, um, and uh, <laughs> how do I put this if, nicely? If, it felt like five episodes jam packed into one because there, there was a lot going on. A lot. Yeah, uh, but I think it's building of the story. I never problem it's, with it. This isn't. This yeah, is complaint as much as it was just a, a thing I noticed was like it was just a lot like there was so much information compared to the first episode which is kind of a slow build to the end 
this was okay we've hit the ground running and we're not stopping for fucking air uh yeah and it was just very even the slow moments were fast paced like what in the world is going on here uh fascinating stuff um, i agree um I liked a lot of the elements that they put into it. I swore that was her brother, but apparently I was wrong. Um, the fact that he might be someone special in this fish people universe is really strange to me. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to come about. But I do want to say that absolutely I was correct. They do have the ability to call off those monsters. Yeah. Yeah, so I knew that one. I uh, yeah, called them off, controlled them, summoned them, and holy shit! Let's talk about that obvious the the overt racism. Whoa! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it makes sense that it's going to be in a show called yeah. Lovecraft Country, uh, but man, that that one lady with the dogs that was making the direct comparison to bears. Uh, Black bears. She was like blacks. I was like, oh. Yep. Yep. There was a reason that she dropped the bears from that. Oh, yeah. That was... Stuff like that, man. Just I was like, I want to see something horrible happen to this lady. And it did. And it was satisfying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally was, wasn't it? She looked familiar to me, though. I'm pretty sure I've seen her something on something else. Uh, so I'll this, right. I, have, I have the NDB for the show right here, so give me two seconds. I'll find her. And it, this episode was wild, though, with all the things that were going on. You find out that the people in this, uh, in this house, they're part of, well, the head of the household is part of what was it the uh order of the ancient dawn is that what the name of the order was uh yeah so. order of the um order of ancient dawn yeah order of ancient dawn and their goal is to basically find the secret the key to eternal life and he weren't having none of that <laughs> yeah he 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 needs, doesn't really need per se, but finds usefulness with Atticus, a.k.a. Tick, uh, in achieving his goal of opening a doorway to Eden, the Garden of Eden. That's ultimately what he wants to do. What, what I think uh, is so absolutely clever about this show is that they're clearly going for a Monster of the Week theme without going monster of the week. Um, what I mean by that, if, if, if you're curious as to what monster of the week is, it's, it's a uh, episodic show that does a, um, a new threat every week. And the previous week didn't matter to the new week. Um, and, and so at this show, not going that route, uh, they're, they're doing monster of the week where, episode one had you know it was it was the sundown town and then the actual like beasts that were chasing them down and then in episode two it was it was that whole house was a threat 
And so that was the monster of the week. But but the way that they're going around it, which I think is really clever, is the idea that everything that's happening to these to the to the you know to Tick and to uh, Letitia um, will continue. Excuse me, that's Letitia fucking Lewis. Sorry, Letitia fucking Lewis. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they um, brought that up in this episode. Yeah. Um. And I saw like next week's like preview and the everything that happened in that house, everything that happened in that house does will not correlate to next week's adventure, if you will, but also will because it clearly had a very, very lasting effect at the end of the episode that I don't know we want to spoil. No, no, we don't want to spoil that. The bursting. No, 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 not that. Oh, that tore me up. I was like, what the hell? That was pretty <laughs> wild, though. Yeah, I was it was. Like, I was like, Ugh, she's pulling her arms. Ugh, look at all. <laughs> hey, but I got to give her props. Women who dress like that don't typically do shit like that. No, no. No, so, but also cows absolutely. don't typically give birth to monsters. So there's that, too. I'm assuming they're incubators, you know, like surrogates. Sure. Yeah. I think 100% that's the case. I just, you know, it's, it's, I I think that's what, what I I don't like Monster of the Week shows. I hate, I I really have a strong distaste towards uh, serialized format storytelling. I need it to be a, a long, continuous story for me to be interested. Um, I think that's why, like, even though as great as X-Files was, it wasn't my jam even when I was younger because I just wanted to have a strong, cohesive story from front to back. And there are a lot of shows that don't do that. There just just aren't. Um, And and I'm really happy that this show is kind of doing a bit of both. I I do enjoy the idea of a monster of of the week. But again, I need more of a long-running story and that's and this show's doing that just in its own yeah yeah it's having its overarching long-running story intertwined with showcasing oh this is our freak of the week thing and Um, i love i love that the i love that the the major thread of every episode is the racism i do Mm -hmm. and i say i say i love that in the idea that geez that sounded terrible that it is it is compelling story and it is showing a lot of people who may like people didn't know about sundown towns people didn't know about tulsa massacre until watchmen like i love that this is happening those of us black ancestors definitely knew about sundown towns (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i have black ancestors we we know about sundown towns i mean you got to imagine like you know some fucking you know somebody uh, some white kid who lived you know lives in california his whole life not me, because I pay attention to things. Um, you know, grew up and and uh, you know he's like, oh, I I you know racism you know ended after slavery ended, like, and that's his mindset. And he sees the show and learns that sundown towns were a thing, and that even in uh, what what years does this movie take? Let the show take place. Uh, nineteen fifties. It has to be after fifty two because the Korean Wars ended. That's what I was trying to remember when the Korean War ended. But yeah, so in the 50s, like not even fucking 60 years, no, 70 years ago, did we have like 60. 
I mean, it's happening today too. It's not just, yeah, it's not it just 70 years ago, but I just love that the show is doing that. And I love that next week. Uh, did you guys watch the preview for next week? I did not. Uh-huh. No. Uh, so did. it looks like they, they somehow buy a house or Letitia buys a house. And there's a bunch of like racist people, including clan members that live in the neighborhood. And yeah, they consider clan members beneath them, which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh, that's the order of the ancient dawn. Yeah, the order of the dawn, the ancient dawn. Yeah, that he I mean, known to be like kind. what? And then yeah, that- and I loved when Tick got up and he was like, as the last son. I order y'all to get out. <laughs> I was no, like, well, yeah, yeah he said, as the last living son of a son, everybody except Samuel, get the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they yes. sat there and they were like, are we going to do this? And then, like, yeah, we're going to get out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know one of these old white men's going to slam down his napkin. Sure enough, it And of course, first one oh, to yeah. get up slammed his napkin down. Because nothing says, how dare you like the slamming down of a cloth napkin from a dainty fuck. <laughs> dainty fucks. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the crazy thing is these people are using magic and they're using spells. That was a big reveal uh, that I don't care to spoil just now because I did it. Um, <clears throat> that was wild because the images and the things that they were each individually seeing and imagining or that was being projected to them all the while here's just these really undesirable people watching through these invisible windows like yeah let's see what happens here this is going to be a fucked up good time that was just mind bending kind of stuff i'm just ooh, uh enjoyable and you know mind bending in a good way it's just like i didn't see this coming and that's cool yeah yeah I, there's, and there's a lot of of information about tig's father tick's father that i know is going to be revealed and i'm extremely excited to get into that because there's there's something he, there he knows there's absolutely something there that he knows Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't saying anything yet, obviously, but I uh, mean, and obviously he's not affected by their spells. So, yeah. you know, he Well, I don't think they're using them on him, just using them on the others. That's the thing. I think he would totally be affected. Um, maybe not as powerfully. But you know, when you're talking about how they couldn't remember he specifically said take it off them um where he is of the bloodline would it work at all that's what i'm curious about you're saying you're thinking that it wouldn't or did they state that that i think it would work because it it did work on tig Uh, a spell did work on tig you know he was fighting the korean girl in his in his room they got inside his head in that regard yeah so I think that spells do work. They're just refusing to use it on anybody who could basically open the portal to even Eden. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go over so well. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're 
well, I don't want to spoil that, but could you imagine being God and all of a sudden this dude just like walks into your Garden of Eden? That's gotta piss you off. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Right. Jesus Christ, settle down, God. You Canaanite. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I'm excited to see the show goes. I'm 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 really happy that it it it's it's. I hate to use this term, but it's 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 using racism from that era as a an allegory for the racism he put in his stories. You know, I didn't place that. I was just I was just looking at it from the perspective that it's it's teaching people who don't know that racism exists or think that racism is a uh, a passive thing or like my my brother-in-law who's like, "Oh, racism doesn't exist anymore because Lincoln got rid of it." Um well, I think part of it too is, you know, when people watch this, this isn't the same world we live in today. It's different. We're still dealing dealing with issues, but sundown towns don't exist anymore. Green books don't exist anymore. You know, um, but so they did at the time. Um, you know, which is why I think it's a good thing they're being portrayed to open up those people's eyes. Oh yeah, but absolutely. That's 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 more so where I was looking at it from that perspective. Like, you're absolutely correct. It is it is a hundred percent a big, in a, in a, in a way, a fuck you to you know Lovecraft himself for for the overt racism that he did add into his books. Um, and I hadn't even put that into into a thought process because I was just enjoying how the show showcased the racism that existed in the fifties, let alone now. Um, do you want to know something interesting about Lovecraft's racism? Um, he was born, his dad died, him and his mom moved in with his uh, wealthy grandfather. Um, he passed away. Turns out he wasn't managing his book so well. So they were kind of left, left destitute. He got married. He ended up in a slum area, which does contain minorities and poor people. He started writing poems about the inequalities of black people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it was like, because we watched uh, Biographics last night with Stephen Whistler. It was like, wow. These are Simon Whistler? I didn't know. Simon Whistler, yeah, I love him. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good uh, documentary. I thought it was you know, very succinct, and he did bring up the racism, and do you know he married a Jewish woman? Did not know that. Yeah. And he could keep his mouth shut and around certain people he liked, but other ones, not so much. That's See, that's, that's where the show just gets another layer of cleverness, you know, like, because I know it's not like the book. Like, the, the book is basically... Um, well, this isn't based on any book. This is just the universe. No, it is based on a book. It's based on a book called Lovecraft Country. Because oh, it has well, eight, it's eight stories within the book. Okay, so it's by a different author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Lovecraft. Yeah, himself, okay. No. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he never wrote anything like this. Sorry, clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. I yeah. had to look that up. I'm gonna um, put that on my Kindle. 
Well, cause it, it seemed like it was based off of something when I was watching it. And I was like, not just based off of Lovecraft's writing, but based off of something else that somebody did. And, uh, I looked it up and it was like, um, it's a novel. I don't remember when it was written, but, uh, it just has eight, eight or nine short stories in it that are about people in the regular world that interact with some kind of, uh, Lovecraftian nonsense. And, um, and they said that like the movie or the, the show will be loosely based on that because the idea for the show, again, like I said, the monster of the week will be similar to how the book was written where it's, it's every new story is a different group of characters. They were like, well, what if it's the same characters, but dealing with each of these Lovecraftian things. So that yeah. part, that's also what I'm excited about next week because the trailer or the, yeah, the, the preview showed no Lovecraftian stuff. It was all about the, the let's burn a cross in someone's front yard situation. I love that. So, I love that these these characters are dealing with two types of monsters. They're just hundred yeah. percent are, and I I'm I'm adoring it. So, yeah. Um, how was I gonna say? Got plug my computer in. It it is gonna be interesting to see where it goes. I'm very very curious. It's. I really, really like how it's going so far, and I'm very curious to see how they're going to tie all this together. George, that made me cry. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm PMSing as well. Yeah, so I, like, I, don't I, I cried. You know, I it, I cried a couple times in that episode. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm PMSing. It just happens. So. <laughs> You show me cute puppies and I'm going to ball. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't see how they could get any worse from here. Oh God. It can always be worse. They could, but I see, I man, see. it's turned out so well in just these first two episodes. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're going to have to, I think they're going to give us something that'll blow our blow our minds next week again. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm really enjoying the show. Yeah, I like it because Jeff and I get to watch it together, so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, so now we're gonna grade it. Yeah, yeah. What would you give this episode? Oh, I would definitely give this an A plus. Plus, you know, like uh, extra points for, you know, being awesome. <laughs> I mean, it. The first episode was amazing. The second episode is even more amazing. So I'm very excited about next week. Yeah, same here. I, you know, I have to say, I, I would say the same. Uh, I thought this episode was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of intrigue, a lot of exposition, but everything that you did learn just left you with even more questions. And then there were other things that spawned out of not even learning uh, from the answers of the prior questions you had. Now you've got other things too on top of that. So it's expanding. I like how they're building the lore. Just uh, the soundtrack too. Holy shit! I love the choice of music they're using. This show's great. Oh yeah. Other so far, it's a grand slam. Uh, So yeah, I'll give it an A plus too. 
I like the music too. I I like how they're throwing in, you know, like in between stuff. Yeah, sometimes you'll get, you know, period appropriate, and then sometimes you're going to get modern, and give that, you know, just that juxtaposition. Uh, it's 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 really uh, really effective in how they've been doing it. Yeah, I think so. I think so far it's really really good and. Uh, what do you think about the blonde hair girl? Good, bad, somewhere in between, chaotic, neutral? I think she is uh, chaotic good. <clears throat> and what I, what, the reason I say that is because um, I think she's the type of character that does what benefits her. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, but I think she will be on the quote-unquote good guy side, uh, helping them out from time to time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. I don't think her or the other blonde guy are dead, and I think they will come back at some point. But when yeah, who is that blonde guy? She's like he's just a friend. So is this like William? a town thing? His his name was William. Yeah, is this like a whole town thing? Everybody that is in the upper crust look like you know. I have Nazi my theory about dreams. him. I have my theory about him, and I and I my theory is that the reason that she's not related to him, but they look similar is because he is from an alternate universe. Where I was going to say, I think he's from an alternate dimension and that is the form he's chosen to fit in. Yeah. That's my theory. We'll see how wrong I am in the upcoming episodes. I'm sure. I feel like his true form doesn't look human at all. No. Uh, and that the first person he saw was either Braithwaite or the girl. And he was just kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to look like this first person I see. Speaking of Samuel Braithwaite, that was the dude that killed Patrick Swayze in Ghost. That, I thought I recognized that, him. That, that was, uh, well, he didn't actually kill him. He's the guy that hired Willie Lopez to kill Patrick Swayze's character in Ghost, so scumbag <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you are calling any character from ghost anything other than that was a movie that existed is hilarious to me dude i loved that movie when i was younger it was my grandma's favorite movie i had to watch it with her quite a few times I'm not saying it's a bad movie it's just a very dated movie oh it's a very dated movie yes but so I have no I have no feelings towards any characters in it. <laughs> well, Carl was a scumbag. Fair enough. Uh, uh, well, we have another topic. Oh, did we do we all give our grade on the episode? Because I give mine yeah. an A. Sorry, mine was an A. I didn't. Okay, yours was an A. Yeah, yeah A plus. Uh, the only reason mine was an A was because it felt like it was again a little disjointed at parts. Like they were kind of like. Here, now here, now here, now here. And I was kind of like, all right. This episode this episode felt like it could have been an hour and a half, but instead they Well, were- it's kind of like a Lovecrafting type trope in his books. That's yeah. fair. That is fair. So. Um well, on that note, um, let's go ahead and move on to the top the last topic of the day. Uh we <laughs> kind of discussed it last week. We briefly mentioned it. Um, and I thought it'd be a good a good way to kind of or a good idea to talk about it this week. Um, 
so last week Betty kind of mentioned uh, that uh, Star Wars has a lot of sexism. Uh, that Star Wars that she doesn't like Star Wars, uh, whereas Star Wars is one of my favorite franchises. I have a Star Wars tattoo, so I want to know. I want to hear why he's got Jar Jar Binks on his ass. Mm-hmm. Not that motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I want. I want to know why you view Star Wars that way. Um. There are a few reasons. It did come out in 77. Um, My friend Deke, who I've known for 24 years, that was a very lasting impression in his childhood. He still loves Star Wars to this day. Um, We watched the first three episodes together before the new ones came out. The remastered ones came out. You know, Um. This is something that I tend to find with male and female writers. Writing about the opposite gender doesn't really play out well. You know, it's it's like uh, George R. R. Martin and Daenerys. That girl wavered between, you know, I'm a badass to I'm a weakling. And it was infuriating because as a woman, we don't act like that. And I feel like in Star Wars, you know, it's like saving Princess Leia. Do you not really think she could have done that herself? Well, I mean, you know, thankfully we saw her take charge in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this, is, this is why I want to know what, what you mean by the, the sexism part, because Leia is one of the strongest characters in the original. Oh, trilogy. she is one of the strongest characters, but I do not believe they give her enough credit. Um, it's male-centric, very much so. The toys that are... I disagree with you there, and that's yeah. totally accurate. But. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars toys are marketed towards boys. Um, they do have that, you know, men for the most part, do play the lead in these things. I'm going to be honest with you, Betty. One of the biggest arguments I have in your camp for Star Wars, you know, having that male-centric view is that when the new trilogy had come out and Rey is the main character, mm-hmm. a lot of dudes fucking hated it because of that. Yeah. And I know a lot of women and girl, you know, girls that loved it. In fact, uh, you know, I know guys that actually loved it too. Uh, but my daughter, she can't watch, she doesn't like the original trilogy. She can watch the prequels, but she absolutely loves the trilogy with Ray. Absolutely adores it. She actually dressed up as Ray for Halloween after the first movie. Oh, that's cool. Shit. Oh yeah. She was adorable too. Um, but you know, she also loved Rogue One and she loved Jen Erso. So it's great to see that Star Wars is now giving a better representation, more diversity. And it ties into a fact that you brought up. It's very difficult for someone to write the opposite gender because they're not in that headspace. Well, you know, and I think she she runs Star Wars now, like uh, as a exactly. And you're going to get you're going to see a lot more. female centric stories or not even just female centric but I do um, believe with Disney taking over that is absolutely going to happen yeah well uh, and and it's for the best I mean everybody's people give George Lucas so much credit 
like, okay, great. He crafted a universe. He created these worlds. But let's be fair. The movies that he directed, the four worst movies were the ones that he directed, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know. Uh, Absolutely. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I love Star Wars. We've had this conversation before. I love Star Wars. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a little boy. It was the first movie I was ever taken to see in the movie theater. I was only 13 months old when it happened, and I don't remember it. But I do remember that we had a Super 8 home movie player, and Ooh, there was a company. Old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a couple of years on you. We had a Super 8. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How old are you, Josh? Uh, 29. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Have been You're for not a lady. Years. You can't get away with that. <laughs> I can't get I Yeah, I can't, too. All right. Well, uh, anyway, I was born in 76. But. Oh, so you are. Yep. Uh, Moving three on. Years, <laughs> three years, you're three years older than me. Okay, I'm the youngest of this group. Jesus Christ! How old are you? Yeah, I'm 37. You're I'm 40. I'll be 41 next month. Oh, yep. we're not but, that uh, far in age differences, but no, no. <clears throat> Pardon me, but as I was going to say. Uh, we had a Super 8, so I would have my mom set up that projector and the screen, and I would watch Star Wars on the Super 8 because they had a condensed version of it available before the Empire Strikes Back came out. Uh, and I remember going and seeing it. I remember seeing it in the theaters. You know, it was four when it came out. So. Now I had to say there is one Star Wars related movie I liked, and that was the Ewok one that came on TV. Oh, there were two: Caravan of Courage and uh, I think the it was Battle just for the first Endor. One. I think it was. The, I was young. I think it was the first one. Oh, yeah, that was and, Caravan of Courage. Yeah, and I just love Ewoks. They're so cute. Giant teddy bears. Yeah, they look cuddly, and then they'll eat your face, put you on a spit, and roast you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Leia being the only female character that was named that had a speaking role. And also uh, Padme, on that note. Uh, uh, no. No? No. Because there was a couple of her handmaidens. Uh, Corday, Corday, especially. But when Lucas was in charge, it's usually just one woman would be allowed in. One woman, you know, there was a a, a a comm operator in Empire Strikes Back that made announcements in the background, and that's really the only other speaking woman in the first trilogy, which is unfortunate. That, but because that's, that's as sort of we've seen, about, that's sort of my point about Padme is that. You know, you can say like, "Oh, these other female characters had a line," and it's like, "Well, yeah, yeah." And like in Attack of the Clones, when she went back to Naboo, the uh, now serving queen had a couple of lines, uh, but yeah, for the most part, Lucas, it was his boys' club. There was just one female that got lines, and you know, even the uh, female Jedi uh, didn't have any speaking roles. Oh, wait, there was a librarian. 
who told Obi Wan, "Oh, you're you're absurd. This if it's there's somebody no mistakes a, here." Somebody made a very good point a while, like I want to say a few weeks ago on Twitter, that made me laugh, and it was, "How is it that everything that has to do with Star Wars, uh, books, comic books, video games, all uh, TV shows, all of it is better than any of the movies?" <laughs> Like, because it is, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, but that goes into the, like this, this conversation because it's 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 in the same vein. When you have other authors writing for other characters, uh, you know, female authors writing for female characters within Star Wars, you get better stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. The the represent this is goes back to something we've said repeatedly on this show. Representation matters. diversity in entertainment matters because while you know the old crusty white bread people out there that back in my day back in your racist day when everybody would look just like you on screen you loved it and now you're seeing people that are different being represented and you don't like it well too fucking bad it's only beneficial because there's that little girl out there who maybe confused about who she is. Maybe she's confused about her sexuality, or maybe she has, you know, came to terms with her sexuality. And now she sees a lesbian character represented in a positive light and not as the butt of a joke. And that's somebody that she can latch onto and identify with. And that's that's the thing with the newer ones, they have gotten better, but the older school star, even, you know, the, the original trilogy Hope? and the the original trilogy and New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, they suffered from it, uh, and the prequels, you know. But Phantom if they Menace, were Attack also of the very much a product of their time, I can't really hate on them for it because absolutely that was a product of their time. But you could also you can um, hate on the prequels because those were ninety nine, two thousand uh, one, and two thousand three. So yeah. Um, think the the senator, 99, 2002, and 2005. The senator who got pregnant and she had to hide it. Who was that? Yeah, Pat, Padme. She yeah, that's what I thought. Luke and, and that's ridiculous. I mean, you do think that if we had such advanced technology, that sexism would no longer play a part in a lot of this. Well, the reason that she hit it was because it was forbidden for Anakin to be involved in a romantic relationship because of the way the Jedi taught. Also, nobody. Do she keep says, in mind that this isn't this isn't our future. The that Star Wars is a uh, oh yeah, it's a different universe. Yeah, um, yeah, and also in the past. So, but it, it is curious that a. Um, a space-faring multitude of peoples, and this is, here we are, you know, Earth, and we still think that hiding pregnancies is a good thing. You know, she's a senator. She's fucking good at her job. Why? This should have no bearing on anything. Well, that's what happens when you let a white guy, an old white guy, write about a early twenties white girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and I get, I, I get the reasoning. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, you know, I, I don't dislike books that have male leads. Um, I do like female books that have female leads. Like, uh, um, have you ever heard of The Mists of Avalon? It's by Marion Zimmer Bradley. They actually made a miniseries out of it back in the early 2000s. It's an amazing book. It's it's um, a different telling of King Arthur, uh, but it's told from the Witches of Avalon's view. So it's a really good book. I love that book. I love Stephen King. I love other books like that. But, you know... <sighs> You know, I read Talk a, to your female friends before you put it in the book. Is I was going to ask you, like, she what would actually say? I was going to ask you, like, what solution would you want to have for male writers who are writing female characters in their stories? They need fem female input. They need yes, to have absolutely. females read them and say, uh, "No, I don't think we would act like that." I understand how you could see that, but no, we wouldn't act I, like that. That goes for any character, not just the female characters. If you are a white author writing about a uh, race just of color. Just don't do it. Ask, don't ask do it. Well, I mean, if you have a character that you want to be, you know, for instance, Lando Calrissian, you know. Yeah. Lando in the Star Wars movies, he's black. Don't write it from a white perspective. Ask a black friend. You know, say, hey, I want this character in here. I want him to be true. Uh, I don't want to come across as racist. I need input. I need help. Or, you know, say, oh, I'm writing a transgender character. You know, I need to go to a transgender person to get mm -hmm. their input because I want this. I want the character to fit the story naturally yeah. and be represented properly and not offensively. That's what I mean by going to. And that's that's again a problem I have with George R. R. Martin. I started reading the books when I was pregnant with Lydia. I did enjoy them. But Daenerys by Dance of Dragons, this bitch was wishy-washy, wishy-washy, wishy-washy. And I was like, we don't act like that. We are not constantly BMSing. You know? <laughs> I know she was young. I know she had crazy in her brain. But, you know, it, it was still rather insulting to me. And, again, talking about gratuitous sex scenes, there were way too many in the book. There were way too many in the series. Uh, you know what's funny is, like, I, I'm – and I kind of want to bring this up. Have you ever read the Hunger Games trilogy, Betty? Uh, no, but my husband has. Okay. I hate the third book. Um. I hate the third book because they change uh, Katniss's character. In the first two books, um, all the only reason she's in the Hunger Games is, is to protect her sister. Her sister was wrong. She doesn't want her sister to die. She has to do volunteers. Uh, while in the Hunger Games itself, she's just trying to survive. She doesn't actually want to kill anybody. She, you know, as as from her perspective, the Hunger Games are barbaric and they're they're ridiculous. Yada yada yada. Um, in the second book, uh, she um, uh, it, it's kind of the same thing. Like she's she's the winner, and so is so is Peta. So they're uh, the 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 uh, leader. I can't remember the guy's name. The the guy who runs the capital. Um, he's like, okay, for the seventy fifth Hunger Snow. Yeah, Snow. Thank you. Snow goes. Uh, President Snow says for the seventy fifth Hunger Games, where you know everybody who was 
I'm like reciting the movies if you watch the movies, but everyone who was a winner oh, has yeah. to come back who's of age. So of course Katniss and Peeta have to go back into the Hunger Games and the entire time her entire perspective is to survive. That's it, survive, do what she has to do to survive, uh, protect as many people as she can, try to get the fuck out of there. And then in the third book, she's just like, but I love Katniss, I'm oh, sorry, but I love Peeta. No, I love, I love uh, the other dude, I can't fucking remember his name. Um, was it Ethan? Maybe. That doesn't sound right, but I might also just be forgetting it entirely because that third book sucks because it completely changed her character. She went from this girl who was just trying to survive and protect her family to straight up being like, I don't know who I want to love. I don't know who I want to be with. I care about both, but I, you know, it, I just, it drove me fucking nuts. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a little insight. That's female girls. Yeah. You know, I mean, teenagers, that's, that's <clears throat> it. That's, that's, that's pretty accurate for a teenage female. But Okay, let me ask you this. Is that is that accurate for a teenage girl who wasn't that way prior but then suddenly is? Yeah. yeah. That's Hormones, accurate. That's, that's, that's accurate for a um, teenage male. Because I don't know. It felt but wrong. They don't do it as often. They they don't vocalize about it as often. They yeah. do it as often. It's funny you say that. You know. I've talked to people who've read all three books and they hated it as much as two. Like I remember when I was swimming at the, uh, at the pool, there was a, there was a lifeguard and I was talking to her about it. Cause she immediately said like, Oh, I hate the third book. And I was like, Oh, me too. Like, let's talk about why. And it was the same thing. So I just assumed it was kind of common knowledge that the book sucks because her character changed so drastically. Um, no, it's just y'all are boomers. <laughs> you don't like these damn kids today. Okay. Boomer. I'm younger than you motherfucker. Um, Twilight. Well, Twilight started that way. Like the main character was just kind of that way, from what I understand. That's I think that's what I'm getting at. Is is I get where you're coming from, Betty. I totally understand. Like, don't write female characters weird. Don't make them make weird choices or whatever. Make sure you have a lot of female friends that you can rely on to say, hey, you know. This probably isn't something a woman would do. Yeah. But I think on the other hand, I think character development is a is, is something important too. And I think oh, if, yeah. if if you're going to write your character a specific way and then change them to appease an audience, that's what happened with Hunger Games. Um they made her a bit different in the movies. Like they made her less of that in the movies, but she was totally that in the book. Um, like I remember she, they, like they took her on a mission of some kind to attack like a base. I don't remember the fuck it was exactly, but while she was there, all she could think about was like making sure they save PETA and, uh, all the, I was just like, this is awful. Like, why does she suddenly give a shit about him? She didn't in the first two books. The only thing that she cared about was making sure that nobody died. That was it. Everybody was on the same playing field of not having to die. But suddenly she's just she's so concentrated on PETA. Not the not the whole base, not the whole rebellion, not everybody else, just PETA. And I'm like, this sucks. This fucking sucks. And well, you know, I mean, but the still... thing is, she she realized she loved PETA. I mean, as a person myself, I can honestly say that it is possible to love more than one person at a time. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying what I'm saying is that. 
her character changed. That's what I'm getting at. Her People character change. changed. Oh, she went through hell. Of course her character changed. But not for the better. Honestly, I would say read the books and then come back and tell me if, if, if you don't feel the same way. Because it was bad. It was legitimately bad. I'll have I to do it. that. But that's that's kind of what I'm getting at about like like I'm not disagreeing with you in the whole idea of like if you're going to write a female character, talk to a talk to a, a a female friend or talk to somebody who understands how the the female psyche works or whatever. But when it felt like this woman writer uh, went with this particular character of how Katniss thought and how she reacted to things and her entire perspective on the world and all this kind of stuff to completely 180 that was something I was not like, I didn't think it was very cool. And the only reason that I know that Susan Collins did that was because um, a lot of her audience would, I'm not joking when I say this, they would ship either Katniss and PETA or Katniss and the other guy. Um, and uh, I, 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 again, I wish I was joking. The combo name of Katniss and PETA was penis. Ha. Because not, of course it was not like Kata or something like that. It was straight up penis. But I don't know. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is a like lot, a lot of people love penis, Greg. <laughs> I like penis. I didn't. I oh, I hate. Oh. Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about that book. Not gonna talk about. No, I'm just saying I like penis. <laughs> you know what that's that's fair it's fair it's a fair assessment a fair opinion yeah <laughs> i just i think i think my point is i feel like female writers can write female characters just as bad as men um uh, well yeah they can i hate romance books i think they've given women a very unhealthy expectation of what love should be I won't read them. I hate them. But I know a lot of girls are really love them. And I look at them and I'm like, and how many of your relationships have actually worked out? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually read a book not too long ago with a strong female lead in it. Uh, what was it? It was uh, by this one author. Uh, uh, what, Greg? I was just making a joke, and I said the Bible. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, living, living in shadows by this author, Vivian Winters. Have you read that? No. Never Vivian, heard of it. What? What? It, it, it's it, I, it's a book that you have in your shop called. Yeah, living that's in what shadows. I was thinking. I was like, did you just say what I thought you said? I did. Yeah. I did. What did you think of that one? Talent. Girl's got I talent. I know. I know. She doesn't need uh. a better editor, but she's got great talent. <laughs> I I am a grammar commando because Nazi is apparently not CP anymore or PC anymore. So uh, yeah, oh <laughs> I mean, I gotten into like uh, forty pages, and I was like, oh my god, my face is red. You know, I'm not a romance novel reader. Um, the last one I read was Daniel Steele, and it was when I found out about Johnson T um, Japanese concentration camps uh, out west in America. 
And I was shocked. I was like, why didn't they teach this in school? Yeah, yeah. Because it's a dark spot in our history. And, um, I, I, I want to ask you about this, Betty, because I think this is in, I just I just thought of this. Uh, uh, the Shades of Grey movies or stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a friend uh, that I had that uh, a friend of a friend, I should say, but I met her and had a conversation with her. She absolutely fucking adored those books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she defended them. And I had always understood them as not only poorly written in general, but poorly mm-hmm. written, poorly written uh, for women. Uh, like for the, for well, the perspective of a woman. It depends on the type of woman you are. There are women out there who really, really enjoy that kinky shit. I am not one of them. I've never read the books and I've never seen the movies. And I never will if I can have anything to do about it. Because I'm not a BDSM chick. Never have been. I am vanilla with maybe a spattering of vanilla bean in there. You know, that's it. That's it. No, no. I don't want you torturing me. I'll punch the fucking shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, it's what's fascinating to me is I I've read excerpts from the story. Like I've read, I've read whole chapters and parts of it and, and I can confirm it is awfully written. Um, but I always thought it was so weird that like actual, uh, uh, what are they, what are their names? Um, people that do studies on, on, on novels and how books are written and, and, and the female perspective and things like that. Jesus Christ. I'm drawing a blank on what they're called. Anyway, they would come out and they would say like, not only is this book poorly written, it has terrible grammar at certain points and uh, just describes something as if a child is reading it to you. Was Um, it self-published? Maybe. Cause Jesus Christ, an editor should have caught shit like that. Oh, 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 uh, 50 Shades of Grey. No, um, I don't think it was self-published. I think it was through a company. Hang on, I'll look it up. But anyway, regardless, um, uh, I always found it extremely interesting that it was as popular as it was because a ton of women were reading it. Um, even though, again, it's like there are legit moments in it that I've read, Betty, that are just totally degrading to women totally fucking degrading to women the way that this female writer writes genitalia is awful like like i'm sorry calling a boner a boner in a sex situation not not attractive and i don't know who that could be attractive to a 15 year old maybe but no it's like saying oh touch my bajingo nope not not even not even a little bit is that cool Vajingo? Budging, uh, budgingo, not vajingo. No, they don't say that in the in the book. I'm just I'm being facetious. But she literally says she literally says the girl like grabs his boner, and I'm like, hmm, okay, all right. It was nice, hard, and stiff. Okay, okay cool. Oh, so okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so. I have read some um, female centric uh, romance novel books. Uh, when I was in my accident, I was laid up for like three months and my friend worked at Mr. K's. So any that they couldn't sell, he brought boxes of them home to me. And I read some Daniel Steele. She's, she's one of the better romance authors. You know, um, it's just, 
She's it hurt my stuff. soul a lot because like Nora Roberts and all these other women, it's just like, oh. So Fifty Shades of Grey was uh, published by a, a company called Vintage Books, and their parent company is Random House. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Random House owns so much in the publishing industry. But it was published by a company that publishes books as a way of making money, and that. But that makes me sad because there were grammatical errors. Oh yeah. I expect that from self-published books. I do not expect that from news sites and uh, actual public publishing houses. Yeah, it's just, it's not called for. It's sloppy. I just I think I think the point that I'm getting at in general is I find it fascinating that there are tons of people out there, you included Betty, who say if you're going to write from the female perspective, talk to a woman. Uh, yeah. There are tons of people, and I'm using all genders in this, that give two flying fucks about any of that. Um there there are are women out there that I've talked to personally, not a ton, obviously, but women that I've talked to personally that do not give a shit if the female perspective is written poorly in that in that story. They still enjoy it. Um, and when pointed out, you know, uh, some of these women are just like, yeah, I know, but, you know, it uh, it is what it is, and they move on. And I'm just like, okay. Because, Ooh. honestly, women like it. it do you have... Your guys, you probably haven't read a rom lot of romance novels, but uh, not one. the no, thing no. is, there's a lot of. It's like dude captures chick, take her, takes her back to a castle in the middle of fucking nowhere, rapes her repeatedly, and somehow she falls in love. What? And it's like no wonder our next generation is fucking screwed. You know, because that's not how love works. Right. I agree. It's bad enough that, you know, there are still arranged marriages in the world. And Oh, God, yeah. And they don't even meet until their wedding day. And then, you know, eventually they get to a point to where if they're lucky they do have a good relationship and they are mm -hmm. happy with each other and do come to love each other. But that shit to write about it. Oh yes. She was repeatedly raped by her captor and she loved him. Nope. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't fucking get on board with that period. Ugh. I've been raped several times and no, no. Mm. If I ever see ever one of them again, I'm going to cold cock the motherfucking motherfucker in the eye. I, I would be okay with uh, a death on rapists and pedophiles for that matter. Um, let me ask you guys this question. Is it still okay to enjoy a story that might have a poorly written woman? Yeah. I mean, it might bother you a little bit if the story's good, it's still good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, not every aspect is of every story is going to be for everyone, you know, and some parts are always naturally going to be stronger than others. Sometimes it's going to be a particular character that you want to be a fan of, and they're just poorly written, 
and it detracts from them. But as long as the overall story is good, ultimately, I don't think most people are going to care and they're still going to enjoy it. I just think by having input when these stories are told from a selection, a cross-section of individuals that are being represented, your story can improve and become even better. And I think that's what should be done. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, have y'all ever read uh, David Edding's Belgariad series? No. You haven't heard of it. Oh. Yeah, I found that um, as a tween. And it's... It's way better than Lord of the Rings, let me tell you that. I read all of well, them. As, I loved them. You know, as, we, the, as we mentioned last week, Lord of the Rings is the most boring book in the history of yeah. books to read. So, but the female characters that are in this are very, very strong characters. And the main character is still male. And uh, yeah, I think they're excellent books. I read a lot, you know, so... I just can't get past that. It's like I know the internet's here, but I, I there's something about the smell of a book that just takes me back home. I I I, I my favorite genre, the genre that really gets me all riled up when I read books is is uh, sci-fi. Um, I I tend to not go towards fantasy. So if if you have a great fucking sci-fi story for me to read that. I've never heard of before. I'll probably read it. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <sighs> and and sci-fi does. No, I just want to clarify. I want to clarify. Sci-fi does fall in the uh, idea of like post-apocalyptic or. Um, uh, you just don't like medieval fantasy type stuff. That's not your bread and butter. Basically, basically, the long and short of it. It has to be fictional. It has to be totally fictional, like in a setting that doesn't exist in our world. It has to have some kind of plot point that is totally fake. But, like, when I say sci-fi, I mean basically nothing fantasy. No, nothing. Even the, even fantasy works. Like, I love fables. So fantasy-based stuff can work. I just really don't enjoy what Lord of the Rings books are, if that makes sense. Well, there's so many different... Uh, superior works since Lord of the Rings. So I agree. There's a lot of great fantasy stuff out there. What I mean is that is that type of fantasy based stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I I'm down to read a lot of stuff, but okay. So have you ever heard of Brian Lumley? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, go time back to Cthulhu. Uh, he did write a Cthulhu mis- uh, mythos. Um, excellent, excellent. I always love the anthologies and mythos that have been based on it. But he also read, uh, he wrote some really amazing books. Um, uh, the first one is called Necroscope, The Wanfire, and it's scientific, but there's planets involved. It's it's amazing. I love these books. I wrote them when I was like 20 and they were, they were, I mean, really they were fabulous. I still think about them all the time because they were really good books. I think you'd like those. I'll look into it. I mean, I have to be honest with you, like with, with as many video games as I play, it's, 
it's a lot harder to read than I want than I would I'd like to admit. But do you I've do audiobooks? I've been thinking about it doing it with like my dad when we go in DoorDash. Yeah, because uh, I do audiobooks and it's definitely worth it because you get with Audible one credit a month. I buy the most expensive book I can with my credit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I have uh, the two like novel novels that I have in my room. I have a couple novels, but the two that I, I, I really fucking adore is one called Console Wars. And it's literally the story of Sega's jump into the console market and battling Nintendo during the early 90s. Mm. It's like there's a whole that is a good story. I've seen it in um like little vice and other things like that. Yeah, there's, that's a good story. Yeah, I was like they, they talk about it a little bit in that documentary we're gonna review for next week. Um, but uh that book that get the it's a whole book about it. And the other one I have is basically that breaks down all of Mario Brothers 3 and why it makes it such a good game. Um actually that's signed by the author too, which is fun. Yeah, Jeff's got um, Mario on his computer, and we play it sometimes. I love Mario old school. <laughs> I uh, Mario 3 is, is my all-time favorite game, next to Portal 2 and Shovel Knight, but that's not what this conversation is. Anyway, the point I was getting at about the books on my shelf is that I have those two, a lot of comics, a ton of comics, Um uh, mostly Man, you got some great shelves then if they hold a ton. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just like a it's just like a Virginian minute. All right. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> Don't uh, make me I'll, put you in separate corners. But I also but I also have uh, uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have that book on my shelf. Mm. That's one of my favorite books. Um uh, Tea Time of the Eternal Soul, I think, is another one he did. That I've had other, I've, I've had other books. Like I've bought other books. Like I bought, um, uh, what's it called? I'm drawing a complete blank on it now. Um, Ready Player One, and I loaned that out to somebody, and I don't know who. I don't know if I'm ever getting it back. Uh, I loaned out uh, like all of the fucking Hunger Games books. Um, what about Harry Potter? I still have those on my shelf, but I haven't read them. Uh, they're okay. not mine to begin with, but... You know, you should totally read them. I know. I know. I keep putting it off because I, I just do. I just am. I just That's how I am. My brain just goes, oh, let's play Fall Guys for seven hours instead of doing anything you know productive. Get audiobooks. They're amazing. Um, what I use them for is to go to sleep, but I also pick topics like uh, things that I will learn things when I'm going to sleep since I teach. Um, yeah. And I, so I get that one credit a month and I buy like, you know, anywhere from a 50 to a hundred dollar book that's got like 60 hours in it. And so <laughs> I go through those, and then right now I'm listening to this book called Ungovernable, and it's about how Victorians birthed and raised children, and oh my God, I am so glad I was not born then. I would not recommend this to any pregnant woman I know. Oh. And Sandman, Sandman was amazing. Oh I was impressed as hell. 
a need to read because we we loved uh the show on on amazon which i'm surprised we didn't talk about yesterday josh uh and if you haven't good seen omens it, you absolutely have to go oh good omens is amazing okay. that's even one of the lydia things. read that one say that again lydia read that one my 15 year old i heard it's very close to the book the show is very close to the book the show is very close to the book the book I fell in love with it the first time I read it. And when we started homeschooling, that was, I think, her seventh grade book. Okay. Yeah, she reads it like a college level. She's autistic <laughs> as well. Very logical, very smart. She's amazing. God, I feel like when everyone talks about like people with autism and how they... Uh, produce things in their brain and how they talk and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have fucking autism. <laughs> I've never been well, diagnosed. I have autism. Um, I started with uh, SPD, which is sensory processing disorder. And people in the 80s, when you had things like this, they just thought you were weird. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't get diagnosed until I was 32 by a psychiatrist. Yeah, that's what I need to do. I need to actually talk like, to oh. a professional and figure this out. That makes a lot of sense. Lydia, we could tell from like almost by the time she was six months old, she was going to be autistic. There was no doubt about it. And we were right. And Jeff, my husband, I call him my Vulcan because he has Asperger's and he is very, very, very logical. Yeah. That may, uh, I don't know. I know that my brain works very similarly to those who are on the spectrum and. If I am, I'll embrace it, but I'd like to know, you know. Uh, if you do your DNA test um, and then put that DNA into Livewello, it's like five bucks a month. They will let you know if you have genes related to autism. And yay, I do. <laughs> <laughs> i have to look into that because I, I don't know. Um, Where you at, Josh? Yeah. Oh, I'm right here. I'm just listening. <laughs> I don't I have a single pair of jeans. All right. Well, that's good for that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I do uh, I do want to wrap this up just because I, uh, I need to eat. I haven't eaten today. I'm very hungry. Uh, yeah, we really didn't get the um, talk about the sexism in Star Wars, but um, I will have plenty of points to put out when we do. We can we can touch on it again definitely, mm -hmm. uh, but I think I think the biggest offenders of that were the original trilogy and the prequels, not so much the absolutely so the one. Newer and trilogy. I do feel like when Disney took over, they respected women more in the universe. Well, of course, you know that helps with Kathleen Kennedy being the head of Lucasfilm, and a lot of people don't like her being in that position, and mm -hmm. it's usually. White guys my age or older, yeah, and that are upset by it, and I'm just like, get over it. The story's not; it doesn't belong to just you. They're made for kids. We grew up on them. We loved them as kids. Kids now love them and are growing up on them. Let them love them. Yeah, I think I think one of my one of my big things is that I've never been in the mindset of being a sexist person because that's just not you know, a, how I was raised and B that's not, you know, my, in my, I, I just don't think that way. But on the other hand, I know that 
Um, it ultimately doesn't matter when it comes down to the concept of I know that I could be or that just because I, I think that I, I'm not or that I guess what I'm getting at is like I go, I'm totally cool with the new Star Wars stuff because it's, it's fucking rad. It's really cool. Um, and I'm down with Ray and whatnot. And I, and I see these female centric movies of star Wars and I don't think anything differently of them. I just kind of go, this is really cool. I'm glad this exists. And, and I love hearing about the, the representation thing and, and I have nothing against it, but I never once thought that star Wars was sexist. Um, I'll give you a female point of view at it next time we talk. Okay. I think that's just the, the point I was getting at was like you could you cannot be sexist and still not realize that there might be a thing to that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, guys, thank you for listening. We'll touch back on the Star Wars thing at a later date. I don't know when, but next week, guys, we're going to be talking about um, two shows on Netflix. There's a documentary about video games called High Score, and on Amazon. Uh, is it Tales from the Loop? Is what it's called? Yes. 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 Uh, so we're watching both of those. Um, and and episode three of uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, I know that all so three of us are very stack- excited to continue. I was going to say, we've got a stacked show next week when it comes to reviewing content. We absolutely do. That'll be uh, fun. It will be fun. Uh, but yeah, guys, I think that's it. Thank you again to uh, TMI Hollywood for having us on. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Again, you that can go so check that out fun. on their Facebook. I don't know that they put those episodes on YouTube, but they definitely have the past episodes on Facebook, so you can check that out. It's the 25th uh, uh, of August that we're on. Yeah, I it's only mistaken. I'm going to post it in just a second. Because we start a little after the 30 mark. Yeah, right. Out. I think they actually load it on their website as well, which is uh, pmihollywood.com. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's plenty of places. They, they have a it. they have a they have a link to it on the front page uh, of their website to the show. Uh, so I'm not sure when the audio episode. Or the audio version will be up, but they apparently have that as well. So, yeah, big thanks to them. It was a lot of fun. What the fuck is my dog barking at? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, he's just an asshole. He hear hands fit. He hear and blah. My period's getting restart, and I can't talk. He hears an <laughs> ant piss, and he goes ballistic. That's our dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's a rat terrier. He thinks everything. He's got Napoleon syndrome. That's the best way to put oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> but my body had him before we did, and she's older, and she just she couldn't handle it. And so we took him in, and he's, we're going to have him for a long time. He's, he's. He's rat terror. What else can I say? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, guys. Uh, that was a good podcast. 
Uh, thank you for listening. If you stuck around through the whole thing, um, I guess we can do the uh, the final bit, Josh. Where you ask us where they can follow us and where they can follow us on the pot on the other stuff and whatnot, and do all that and whatnot and stuff and whatnot and stuff. Can you say and whatnot and stuff anymore? I do all the whatnot and stuff, please. Okay, okay. Uh, well, you know, if you want to follow us here at the show, the links are down below. Uh, keep an eye on those because in the upcoming future, those will be changing somewhat uh, because I am, once our new artwork is finalized, I'm going to be switching from the Redbubble store to Teespring. Uh, they just have better options, better customer service, I think. Um, you know, I, it's just my preference. Uh, but... If you want to get any merch, that will be because we'll be phasing that out eventually. Because you know, once the new art comes, there's no use in putting up the old art. So it's winding down. Probably make a couple of sales. You know, uh, uh, like so many percent off. Get this while it's here because once the new art comes, it's gone. We won't. We'll, we'll retire those images. Yeah. So keep an eye out. We'll make some posts about that. Pardon me. <clears throat> I'm so nope. sorry. <clears throat> you will never oh, okay. be pardoned. Yeah, probably. I'll be <laughs> like Billy the Kid, never be pardoned. President Hayes promised me a pardon. Oh, sorry. Watched Young uh. Guns the other day in Young Guns too. I love those movies. Uh, <laughs> but as for me, if you want to follow me uh, right now, I've actually, because I have a lot of things going on in my life and a lot on my plate. I've actually taken a step back from the other shows I do uh, for the time being. So I'm actually just doing this show for right now. Uh, you know, once everything settles down, I'll be going back more than likely to the others. It's just, I had way too much going on and. Corona sucks the soul out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow me on Facebook under my regular name. My Twitter and Instagram accounts are linked there. Um, Betty, where can people find you if they would choose to follow you? Um, you can follow me on um, Twitter at Bright Betty. And you can follow me on Facebook at Betty Badger Opal Tree. All right. Awesome. Great. Chub uh, Rock Geek on all social medias. Um, and uh, that includes Twitch. I know I say it every week. Um, I've been streaming uh, 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 Fall Guys from time to time, which has been fun. Nobody comes and watches, though. You guys can come see me destroy at Fall Guys and get wins after win after win after win. And then maybe sometimes take Josh's tail in the middle of a game and he gets You son me. of a bitch. Hilarious. We were playing one game. Uh, this was Saturday night or Sunday night. We were playing a game. I had a tail. Ten seconds to go. That's when I got my tail. And you have to have a tail in order to advance to the next round in these games. And I see Greg coming up in from the corner of the screen. I'm like, get away from me, Greg. Don't you dare take my tail. One second to go. He dives. He lunges, dives, grabs my tail, and eliminates me. I was like, you motherfucker. Like last possible and second. The last possible, and he laughed so hard. I mean, I wasn't mad. I thought it was almost funny gave as shit too. 
It was funny as shit because it was like, don't you dare, you son of a bitch, no. So did, did I tell you what? He uh, get a win. Yeah. Uh, did, I, did I tell you what Andy did to me the other day? No. So there's a game that is a final round game called Jump Showdown where it's uh, it's a series of eight platforms in a circle and they start to drop off one at a time while there's a center bar with um, both, you know, a bar on the left and right that spin and it progressively gets faster while there's a slower bar up top that spins slower. Um, the idea is so that way, basically, like if you're on a platform and the two bars meet up and sweep you off, oh, well, <laughs> sorry, better, better luck next time. Um, but the idea is to constantly jump over that bottom bar. And it was just Andy and I, we were just, we were the only people left. We were on one platform together and he grabs me at the right time and jumps over the bar where I get hit. Nice. <laughs> you deserved it. Asshole. I know. <laughs> I want to make that- play Mario Kart with my daughter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Brutal. We're brutal to each other. So it- yeah, Mario Kart and, and Mario Party are the games that you lose friendships over. Uh, no, we love it. She's my <laughs> kid. We're both competitive, but we love that about each other, so it's good. Steal she kicks my ass a lot. She's only 15. She's never driven a car. Well, I don't think you have to drive a car to be good at those driving games, but I'm sure no. it helps. <laughs> I mean, it helps when you play Gran Turismo, you know, the racing simulators, but not Mario Kart. Yeah, I can't drift. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't hop the car and drift <laughs> in real life. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried. It doesn't work. All right, guys, <laughs> is that what um, you did when you hit that curb? All right, all right, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> bring that shit up. Oh. Uh, I still um, here we go after two hours. I guess it's time for us to say goodbye. <laughs> this is how our outros go all the time. Just a whole new episode. Um, all right, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, check out High Score on Netflix and Tales from the Loop on Amazon and episode three of Lovecraft Country. We will see you next week. Take care, Bye. everybody. <laughs> Take care, everybody.